All right. Well, kids, it's lovely to see you down the front. This is really exciting. So many of you. It's beautiful. Um, and today, kids, I'm going to need your help as we think about the idea of ransom. Because the Bible uses ransom a little bit differently to the way that we use it today. I would imagine that most of the adults here have some idea what ransom is. They've seen a movie about it or read a book about it. Um, Just think Mel Gibson or Denzel Washington in some pretty famous Hollywood movies. And the adults here will know how the story goes. There's always a bad guy. The bad guy kidnaps someone. And then those who love the kidnapped person are told that if they pay a ransom, which is usually a large sum of money then their loved ones will be returned to them safely. And this is the way we tend to think about ransom today. However, in Jesus' time, the idea of ransom was very different. So before Matt comes up to talk to us, we're going to think about the biblical idea of ransom together. And kids, because it's a little bit tricky, this is where I'm going to need your help. So would anybody like to volunteer? I'm going to need some actors and some readers... I need three people who can help me to illustrate the biblical idea of ransom. Would anybody like to volunteer? Here's the characters that I need. I need a king. I need a villager. But the villager's not an entirely good guy. So you have to be prepared to be the bad guy. And I need a lawyer. All right. Who would like to give me a hand? Um, Okay. Maddie, do you want to come up for me? Um, Jack, do you want to come up for me? Actually, if you go see Matt, Matt will put some costumes on you. Um, Maddie, how are you at being a bad guy? Jack, do you want to be a bad guy? Or Jack, be a bad guy? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You embrace that very quickly, Jack. Maddie, do you want to... uh, So Maddie can be the king. Uh, King or queen. King or queen. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful. You need a a robe. And then I also need a lawyer. Who thinks they could read out something and be a lawyer? Right, Ivan, do you want to have a got that for us? Cool. All right. While Matt's getting them dressed, I'll tell you a little bit about each of these characters. So our our queen, Queen Maddie, is the most powerful and richest person in the kingdom. She rules over the people and everyone listens to what she says. Maddie, you look like you're in charge there. All over it? All right. And then we have our villager, who is Jack. Now, our villager is your fairly average worker in the kingdom. He lives in the town, but he has one of the best jobs ever. He works at the kingdom's chocolate factory. Are you ready for that, Jack? Okay. And then our lawyer here, Lawyer Ivan, it's his job in the kingdom to make sure that justice is maintained. He knows the law and he advises the king if ever the law is broken. Now, let me tell you a story. Kids, you can listen, act along as I say things. One day, in the land of Queen Maddie where people were going about their business, getting ready for Easter, when something terrible happened. Kids in the front, can you show me a shocked face? Who can go, something terrible happened? Jack decided that he would hatch a plan. Show me your best mischief face. He had decided to steal all the Easter eggs in the kingdom. Now... (laughs) Queen Maddie had been saving up these Easter eggs because she was going to throw a huge Easter party. But not long before this, Jack decides he's going to sneak into the king's personal storehouse at the factory and take every single egg without anyone knowing. 
<laughs> but Jack's pretty smart, and he knows that to achieve this plan, he needs a distraction. It's pretty clever. Something to take the people's attention away from him. So Jack decides he's going to start just a very small paper fire in the factory in one of the bins so that everybody will rush and put it out. So he starts this very small fire. <gasps> but something terrible happens. Kids, show me your shocked face again. <gasps> it spreads throughout the entire kingdom. It spreads and it destroys the factory and it destroys half the houses in the kingdom and it destroys part of the king's castle. <laughs> now, you know what this means, kids? It means that the king, sorry, the queen... Sorry, Queen Maddie. The Queen has lost many of her possessions and nobody in the village has any Easter eggs for Easter. Now, kids, you're all part of this village. How are you feeling about Jack right now? I can see some pretty angry faces. <laughs> all right. <laughs> some sad faces. Jack, we love you. It's okay. <laughs> but we do have to think. Jack has done something wrong, so... He has to be brought before the queen and the law. So Jack goes over to the queen and he pleads his case and he says he's sorry. But everyone agrees that actually he did something wrong and he needs some kind of punishment. And so the lawyer spoke to the king. <laughs> and then the lawyer opened his very important scroll of the law and he read out the sentence. For causing damage to the houses in the village, you are sentenced to 10 years in prison. For destroying part of the king's castle, you are sentenced to 20 years in prison. For trying to steal all the Easter eggs for the, from the kingdom, you are sentenced to 50 years in prison. <laughs> Jack, that's a total of 80 years in prison. How are you feeling about that? How old do you think you'll be when you get out? 90. <laughs> Quite 90, my goodness. Okay. Kids, do you think that's a fair punishment? What do you think? For what Jack has done? Well, whether or not we think it's fair... <laughs> it is the punishment that is determined by the law. So, I'm sorry, Jack but it's off to prison for you. But <laughs> just as Jack is about to leave, the queen, the most powerful person in the kingdom, she stands up. And everybody stops to look at her. And she opens the decree that's in her hand and she reads it out. I, the king, queen, queen <laughs> offer the prisoner a ransom. I declare that the prisoner can go free with the payment of 100,000 gold coins. Ah, very good. 100,000 gold coins. So, everyone who's sitting around stops and they're amazed. Is it really possible that Jack could go free from prison... All, she, all he needs is 100,000 gold coins. You see, kids, the idea of biblical, the biblical idea of ransom is that the queen 
or someone else who has been wronged can offer a ransom. A ransom is not something that is demanded so that the queen can benefit. A ransom is offered as an act of grace and of mercy so that the person in the wrong can pay much less than what the law asks. So, Jack, all you need to do is pay 100,000 gold coins. It's a very generous ransom compared to 80 years in prison. And then you can go free. So do you have 100,000 gold coins? No. No? Have you checked? (laughs) Checked your pockets? Are you sure? Oh, you don't. Well, that's very sad. And I wonder what the Queen will do about that. Kids, you can take your seats again. We will leave it there with that question, which Matt will help us to answer in his talk. Why don't we give our kids a clap? Thank you. Well, uh, thanks, Katie, and good morning, everyone. If we haven't met, my name is Matt, and Katie and the kids have done a great job explaining for us the biblical idea of ransom, which is very different to how we understand it today. It's one of the many ways we can understand what happened and what God is doing as Jesus died on the cross that very first Good Friday. To help us understand how it all ties together, I'm going to read for you a few verses from a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. Paul met the risen Lord Jesus after his death and resurrection, and he gave Paul the charge to take this good news about Jesus to the world. Paul, as a result, turned from hating and harming Christians to caring for them, planting many new churches uh, across uh, Turkey and uh, the Roman Empire and the Middle East. And Jesus authorised him to speak on his behalf. So we've got many of the Apostle Paul's letters in the Bible for us today. One he wrote was to a young ministry apprentice kids. He was called Timothy, and it's the book we know in the Bible as 1 Timothy. And here's what Paul wrote that he wanted Timothy to teach in the church, and it comes from 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 6. He says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and indeed queens, and for all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour. Paul says he wants Timothy and the whole church to pray for all people, that all those in authority like kings or politicians today might rule well so that we can be blessed and live peaceful and good lives. And kids, you might not realise, but we live in an amazing time in history, in a beautiful part of the world with good food and drink and schools and hospitals. And God wants us to live lives that please Him amidst this peace. But also, verse 4, we are told to know that amidst this peace, God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. The great storyline of the Bible reveals to us that God created a good world and we are created to live in peace with God as our King. But sadly, humanity rebelled. We didn't want to live under God's good rule. We wanted the crown, wherever it's gone, on our own heads instead of on God's. And as a result, we broke the relationship with God that we were supposed to have and we don't look after uh, God's world or each other the way that God intended. But God doesn't want us to live this way forever. 
So God in his wisdom doesn't let this world carry on in its perfection. It's broken now as a sign to us that we've broken something far more important, our relationship with God. Our environment's broken. The relationship between nations are broken. We hurt one another. Our bodies are broken and death came to be. And between us and God now is the record of our brokenness, our selfish decisions, our decision to live apart from God, and it's what the Bible calls sin. In God's law, God could justly call for all of our deaths because of sin, the death of every person on the planet. It's actually that serious. But God, in His great love for us, doesn't want to leave things that way. Paul writes in this next piece of his letter saying it is God, verse 4, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. God, because he is truly good, holy and loving, wants you, wants me wants every person in this room and indeed all people on the world to know this truth. Now, a mediator, kids, is someone uh, who steps in between two people whose relationship is broken and tries to bring them together again. God is telling us here through Paul that there is one mediator between God and mankind and his name is Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. According to God's good law, God could have called for all of our deaths because of our rebellion against Him, our brokenness, our sin. But because God is merciful and decides not to give us what we deserve, instead of demanding our death, God declared a ransom. And the ransom was the death of one perfect, sinless human being in our place which is pretty good for us. God's ransom declared is very kind. Yet, there's a problem. Much like there was in the scene between the the Queen and the villager, Queen Maddie and Jack, that played out just now, as merciful as the ransom of 100,000 gold coins was compared to 80 years in prison, the criminal didn't have it. And for us today, God declaring a ransom of one sinless, perfect human being to die in our place is indeed great news for us, yet sadly, we can't provide that ransom either because not one of us are sinless and perfect, able to pay the ransom God declared. But the great news is that God always had a plan to send His Son Jesus into this world to live the perfect life so that He could die in our place to pay the ransom for all, to show us two very important things. Firstly, that this sin problem between us and God is far more serious than most people would think if you asked them on the street today, that Jesus actually needed to die for it. But secondly, to show us that we have a King in Jesus who loves us enough to die for us, to show us that we are more precious to God than we dare imagine. More than that, God in His His love is gracious and longs to give us and indeed promise us many good things, many good things that we have not earned. We get to be called His children again. Our record of sin is wiped clean by the ransom payment. 
we can have a free and loving relationship with Him today. We can follow then the lead of our self-giving King Jesus and truly give ourselves to others for their benefit, which is how you really live. Kids, in my role as a pastor, I get to talk with more people about what's really going on in their lives than most people do. It's a real joy and a great privilege. My observation is, though, that in most people's hearts, whether they recognise it or not, there's a real battle going on between living for ourselves and living for the good of others. We fear missing out on things in life, whether it's the great experiences of a good holiday or building a home that we love to be in. We fear missing out on relationships that bring us great purpose and meaning. We also know, however, that there are many things broken in this world. We don't like to see that so many are poor and suffer. We don't like it that so many people are lonely and we realise that much more in this world is wrong. We want life to be extraordinary both for ourselves and for others, but so often the two come into conflict. Time and money given to others is less time and money for us. And we fear missing out, so we either just work harder or give up. But if we know Jesus, and if all this is true about him giving everything for us as a ransom for our sins to bring us back into relationship with God, a God who loves us dearly, more so than we'd ever dare let ourselves imagine, which is at the heart and is at the centrepiece of what followers of Jesus believe, then it changes everything. Life doesn't suddenly become easy, kids. We still face many challenges. But we do so knowing that we are dearly loved. We have been ransomed and no longer need to fear death or facing the penalty of our sins. We can follow our self-giving Lord and Saviour Jesus, never having to fear missing out, because our self-giving God sees and enjoys and ultimately rewards in this life or the next service of Him in this great project He has undertaken in our world. Our God who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. This truth about Jesus, that God in His grace and His kindness has declared a ransom and Jesus died as a ransom payment for us upon the cross that very first Good Friday. And as we give ourselves in His service, we're giving ourselves to something in life that truly matters, not just for today, for this week, this next season of life, or even this lifetime, something truly extraordinary that matters for all time. And it's so freeing not having to worry about missing out and knowing that our relationship with God is perfect because of what Jesus did on the cross that very first Good Friday, that our sins, past, present and future, have been taken care of by Jesus. So we can live for Him today, we can truly live for the benefit of others, which is the secret to pursuing a life that is extraordinary. I'm going to close in prayer now, and then we're going to sing our next song. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You so much 
that Jesus came into this world and lived the perfect life so that as you declared a ransom for our sins, that Jesus could be the one to pay that great ransom payment on the very first Good Friday that we've read of today and that we've looked at today so that anyone who places their trust in him and acknowledges him as their Lord and King can have their relationship with you restored where this record of brokenness and sin no longer stands against us but we can run to you as a loving father that we can serve you in this life that we can serve others to pursue a life a lot less ordinary as we follow our extraordinary king jesus and it's in his name we pray today amen